1: Thank you for joining us. As Christians, we are called to live a holy life in all that we think, say, and do. Why? Because God is holy, and as his children, we are holy through him. The Bible repeatedly commands us to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And how can we do that? By humbling ourselves, praying, seeking God's face, and turning from our wicked ways. Then God will hear from heaven and forgive our sins and bring healing to a lost world. Listen in with Bible, pen and paper handy as you will want to take notes as Pastor Rander ministers to us today.
2: Why does God hate sin? Why does he hate it? Let me give you why he hates it. A eh? God hates sin because he is holy and desires his children to live holy as we represent Christ on earth. God hates sin because he is holy and desires his children to live holy as we represent him on earth. First Peter chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 says, but as he call, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Beloved, people, you say, why do people sin? People sin because they love it. They love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. They Oh, I, I, I hate looking at pornography and you got one eye <laughs> one eye I, well I just saw half of it you still sin you still sin you sin because you love it if you didn't like it you wouldn't do it you don't like after all you don't take it Un- listen my friend until you possess a deep hatred For sin, you cannot live a holy life that is pleasing to God. You've got to stop loving sin. Uh, I I, I say it again. Until you possess a deep hatred for sin, you cannot live a holy life that is pleasing to God. Why does God hate sin? Uh, uh, Secondly, God hates sin because it separates us from him. Sin separates us from God. Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden You see, my friends, Adam and Eve hid themselves because they sinned against God by eating of the fruit from the forbidden tree, resulting in separation from God, broken communion with God, and broken fellowship with God. It was all broken because of their rebelling against the word of God. Sin separates us from God. It breaks the communion, breaks the fellowship. You're not the same when you when you sin. Oh, you can smile all you want. You can hold that two-ton Bible all you want. You can have perfect attendance in the church. But if there's sin present and dominant in your life, my friend, you are not the same. And there's a broken communion and fellowship. You can wear a robe. You can sing in the choir. You could be in the media. You could be on the piano. You can be over the nursery. You could be a greeter, usher, preacher, deacon, whatever you are. If you sinning, your relationship with God is broken even in your felt life. Isaiah 59 2 also says but your iniquities another word for sins have separated you from God. Look at that. Look, The word is speaking. Your iniquities, sins separate you from God. But your iniquities have separated you from God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. And it's a, you're in a dangerous place if you're separated from God because the Lord won't hear your prayer. The Lord won't, you can play all you want, the Lord won't hear it. You can beat the drums until the drum get a hole in it, the Lord, the Lord won't hear. You can sing high soprano and go all the way down and sing basso bass and whatever you're going to do. The Lord will not hear. I want God to hear me. And all the craziness of this world, This world is too evil and Satan is too busy for my prayers not to be heard by almighty God. Why does God hate sin? Because sin will entangle us. It will entangle us. Second Peter chapter two, verses 20 through 21 says, for if after they have escaped the pollutions of of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. Verse 21, and it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. Now, uh, this refers to false teachers, and they're all over the place, who had the knowledge of Christ These false teachers during Peter's time, they professed Christ, but they had no relationship with him. You see, Uh, they had had knowledge of Christ, they professed Christ without a relationship with him, which caused them to be overcome by sin, sinking them even further back into the pollution of this world. These false teachers also understood the truth, but still turned away from it which was a far greater judgment than those who had never heard the gospel. This also can refer to believers who were delivered from the bondage of sin, but relapsed and became more entangled and enslaved in it, which result which resulted in their latter state being worse than their beginning. It would have been better to never have known the gospel than to have known it only to return to the filth of this world system why does God hate sin? Unconfessed sin will eventually expose us. It will eventually expose us. Numbers 32, 23 B says, be sure your sins will find you out. That's why you need to go and repent, confess up, get clean before God. Even if folk know stuff on you, listen, God will take care of that. Be sure your sin will find you out. You get right before God, and God will take care of all those other sideline issues. You be right before him. and Don't worry about people. Don't worry about what they say. Don't worry about what they're going to do. Don't worry about any of those things. Unconfessed sin will eventually uh, expose us. And some folk don't confess until they get caught. But it's a wonderful thing when you can confess before you get caught. Unconfessed sin will eventually expose us. You may be doing some things your mother don't know, your father don't know, your husband don't know, your wife do not know, but God knows. And he knows how to shout it from the rooftop. That's right. So you better humble yourself. Let me just put it like this. If you fail to humble yourself, God will humble you. And he knows how to humble you to the point of humiliation. Why does God hate, hate sin? God hates sin because it will eventually destroy us. Romans 6, 23a says, for the wages, you know what wages mean? Payment. For the payment of sin is death. Sin always pays its wages. For the wages of sin is death. Ezekiel chapter 18 verse a also says, the soul who sins shall die. Sin will kill you. My friend, Satan glamorized sin, makes it look pretty all and and do it all up and fancy it all up and and make it glitter and shine. Uh, Satan knows how to do that, but he never reveals the backside of sin. He never reveals the ruins of sin, the ravages of sin, the destructiveness of sin to which it culminates. You see, sin results in physical death. You can sin yourself to death. Some, uh, some have a premature death because of sin. You could have lived longer, but because you were such a sinner, you died and didn't live your normal lifestyle. God had to take you out of here because you were messing up your family, messing up the church, and you were just wreaking havoc everywhere you were. I got to take that rascal out of here. He's too much. You out of here. God knows how to dismiss you sin results in physical death, premature death, and even worse, worse spiritual death. Spiritual death. Spiritual death is to be separated from God throughout the eternal ages with no hope of salvation, no hope of deliverance in the lake of fire, burning and never being consumed always. That's a terrible death. Except to be separated eternally from God. It's called spiritual death. Why does God hate sin? Well, let me just transition to this now. I've given you uh, what happens when you hate, why does God hate sin? Now, let me transition back to number five. When you have an inward desire to live holy, you will pursue it. When you have an inward desire to live holy, you will pursue it. Hebrews 12, 14 says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. In other words, to pursue holiness is to be on a quest for it. Pursuing holiness is an ongoing process. It's, it's It's a lifetime pursuit that must be desired by every Christian. If you don't desire to live holy, then you won't live holy. Do you desire to live holy? Because if you don't desire to live holy, you will not live holy. There must also be a spiritual policing of ourselves if we desire to live holy. You can have all the accountability you have. You can have four people, five people, ten people that you're accountable to, but, but excuse me, those folks don't go to bed with you, they don't rise up with you, and they can't be with you 24-7. If you don't police yourself, Listen, no one can keep you in check 100% of the time. You play games on anybody. Psalms 139, 23, and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. I love this. And see if there is any wicked way in me. Not everybody else. Some people good at pointing everybody else is seeing out. Listen, I got so many issues on my own, I don't have time to be looking at you. That's right. I'm pointing at you and five or six fingers coming right back at me. It's not my mother, not my father, but it's me, oh Lord. I'm in prayer. I need the Lord. I don't have time to be, say, be talking about you and, 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 and trying to expose your stuff. I got enough issues of my own. It's going to take a lifetime to deal with me. Let me tell you something. Every one of you under my voice, you are under spiritual construction. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do you hear what I just said? You are under spiritual construction. You're going to be under spiritual construction until you close your eyes in death. And God wants you to be growing in the process, in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and see if there is any wicked way in me. And let me tell you something. If you tell him, if you tell him to search you, he will search you and he will expose you. Matter of fact, he'll show you more than you knew you had, more than what you knew. <laughs> Than you thought you had. <laughs> you see, all of us have some wicked ways. We sin by word, we sin by thought, and we sin by deed. Number six, you cannot live holy unless you ask the Lord to help you to say no to sinful people. You cannot live holy unless you ask the Lord to help you to say no to sinful people, to say no to the devil, to say no to temptation, to say no to sin. To say no to your fleshly appetites and, and impulses. James 4, 7 says, therefore, submit to God. You got to be uh, in sync with God, close to God, submitting to him and his word. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You can't resist the devil being distant from God or living in sin. Only when you say yes to Jesus and embrace his word can you say no to temptation. The word of God empowers us and will give us the boldness to say no without wavering. How many of us could have saved ourselves a whole lot of trouble if we would have said that two-letter word called what? No. Say no. No. That's right. That's right. Look at your neighbor and tell them no. That's right. Yeah. That's No. No. Some of y'all are scared. You can't be a yes man and a yes woman and please God. But everybody like me. The scripture says, Woe be unto you when all men speak well of you. That's right. Matter of fact, your holy life will convict other folk and they don't want to deal with you. You see. No. I'm talking about if you if you if you love me, you'll lay with me. No! 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 Cheat on your taxes. No! Look at pornography. No! Gossip. No! Backbang. No! Slander. No! Hating folk that's another race, of another race. No! Getting even. No! A thousand times, no! Say no! Say, it, say it a little bit louder. No. And you got to love God, love His Word, embrace His Word, and He will enable you to say no. God Almighty. Number seven. If you desire to live holy, you must choose to be a person of integrity. If you desire to live holy, you must choose. Say choose. To be a person of integrity. That's a choice. You have to choose that. I want to be a person of integrity. Well, if you want to be a person of integrity, let me define it for you. I don't want you to leave here cloudy. What is integrity? This is a person who is the same in the dark as he is in the light. Okay? I didn't give you a thousand word definition. (laughs) Let me reiterate it. This is a person who is the same in the dark as he is in the light. Let me give you some more so you can could, could hold on to it. He possesses character. He or she possesses character in his or her perfect or public life as well as in his or her private life. You got character in the dark, character when you're in the dorm. You have character when you're on business in another state, and your wife is back at home. You in the military, you are wh- wherever you are, you are you have character everywhere you lay your head. If you're married, is your marriage bed. You look at I, I didn't get any amens.
1: <laughs>
2: what are y'all doing out there? <laughs> Sinning in the name of corporate work. He possesses character in his public life as well as in his private life, a person of integrity, he's honest. He's upright. A person, of, a person of integrity is just. A person of integrity is an honorable person. A person of integrity is straight. They, they're not crooked. A person of integrity, they are ethical. A person of integrity, they're not careless. A person of integrity, uh, they're trustworthy. When when they tell you they're going to do something, you can take it to the bank. They never say something and they let you down. If they can't do it or something come up, they let you know. They're honest. They don't play games. A, A person of integrity is morally sound. Morally sound. A person of integrity is clean. When you're dirty, it, when your life is dirty, your mouth is dirty. Your heart is dirty. Uh, your words are dirty. Your, your lifestyle is dirty. You're clean. A person of integrity is right-minded. You, you Your thinking is right in decisions, whether it's about money, finances, dating, career, people, relationships, Decisions on and on. You are right-minded. You know a person of integrity? They are safe. Say safe. They can tell you things or you can know things in private about them. And even when the dynamics of that relationship change, they won't put your business in the street. That's a person of integrity. It's safe. Or they can fight with you about an issue. You don't say, you don't call up. Your, your neighbor text for, get on the email. Guess what? She's doing all that in the church. You don't know what you, you don't need to hear her sing anymore. She's singing a lie. And she, you put her business in the street and God's going to whoop your socks off. <laughs> never, l- listen to me closely, never break confidentiality. Okay. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? Never. It is of the devil. It is of the devil. Don't hurt people that way. Psalms 25:21 says, "Let integrity and uprightness preserve me for I wait on you." Proverbs 10:9 says, "He who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his way will become known." Proverbs 11:3 also says, "The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them." Let me, let, me, let me give you a few other things about integrity. If you are a person of integrity, you will learn to wait on the Lord, which will preserve your integrity. That's right. You, you, you won't sleep around when you're not married and, and while you're dating. In other words, an inability, it is an inability uh, to wait, an inability to wait will cause you to act out of the flesh, move on your emotions, moving ahead of God, leaving room for Satan to work and wreak havoc all in your life and destroy your character simply because you could not wait on the Lord. I've said this time and time again. There are people come in my office asking me, you know, should I do this or should I not? And I tell them, look, that's obvious. Don't do it. They say, why? Because the, it says it right here in black and white in the Bible and they go on out and don't, my counselors just counsel. they go on out and do what they want and they come back with tears lapping around their chin. They say, why did I listen to you? I say, I can't make you do anything. You've grown. You want to g- learn your lessons the hard way? That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. I, I, I've, I've had many people say, to say to me, they've regretted not waiting on the Lord. But I've never had one person in a 33 years of pastoring to say, you know, I waited on the Lord for this or that and I regretted waiting on him. God makes things beautiful in his time. Psalms twenty-five, twenty-one says, let integrity and uprightness preserve me. Underline this for I wait for you. You know why you can't wait? You want what you want when you want it. You want it right now. It's not moving fast enough. you see, everybody else going on. It's happening in everybody else's life. And with God, you still, I'm 40 years old and I'm not married yet. Some folk wish they could be single at 40. <laughs> <laughs> For I wait for you. You need to underline that. That is of that, that, that is, that is monumental importance. For I wait for you. I I don't understand, but I'm going to wait. Lord, it seems like it's taking you a long time to work this out, but I'm going to wait. God is not bound by your time. Amen? Amen. A couple more and I'll be done about this integrity business. Listen, if you are a person of integrity you are ever aware that the Lord is listening to you, you are ever so aware that God is watching you and knows the intent of your heart. Therefore, you must guard yourself because nothing goes unnoticed before an all-seeing God. If you're a person of integrity, you are ever so aware that the Lord is listening, watching, and knows the intent of your heart. Therefore, you, you guard yourself because nothing goes unnoticed by an all-seeing God. Let me give you a scripture on that. I'm gonna give you a big fat scripture. Don't you better write. You better take it. Like you tell your child, don't you? Don't you? Don't you throw this out. I'm gonna come after you. You 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 write. You write this scripture down. You need it. It's gonna keep you safe. You say, what is that scripture? Oh wow. I'm gonna give it to you. Proverbs 15:3. It says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keep keeping watch over the evil and the good i said say it again. The eyes of the Lord are in what? Yeah, that's in that hotel room. That's in the strip bar. That, that's when you're peeking at something on that cell phone you shouldn't be looking at. Some of y'all think, y'all messing around. Y'all think God put blinders on and can't see. If you just come to your senses and say, you know, the Lord's looking at me, you put your clothes back on. <laughs> the eyes of the Lord are in every place. You know what every place means? It's in, in the dark, in the light, in the corner, in the bathroom, in the hotel, out of town. you be in rushing somewhere. God sees you. And he, 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 he sees what is good that you do, the good that you do, and the evil that you do. Then finally, listen, a person of integrity must always be dependent on the Holy Spirit for guidance.
1: The Word of God tells us that there is no salvation in any other or anything except Jesus Christ, the only name under heaven by which we must be saved. We can and many do live victoriously through obedient faith in our Lord and Savior. In Him alone, we are redeemed and forgiven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. The Maranatha Bible Church family invites you to join us on Sunday, August the 13th at 10 a.m. for a Bring a Coworker Day worship celebration. Come and be blessed, refreshed, greeted with a smile, and encouraged as you are ministered to in song, fellowship, and prayer, coupled with the steadfast love and word of Almighty God.